Hi, and welcome to Beauty Curious. My name is Dr. Elise Love, and I am a board-certified dermatologist. And I'm Ian Michael Crum, a licensed esthetician. Ian and I are excited to become your trusted beauty guides, from interviews with the best and brightest names in the industry to sharing our favorite expert-approved products. We are here to help you navigate the noise by giving you the facts. Are you feeling beauty curious? Let's dive into today's episode. Hi guys, today we're going to be talking about how to prepare for a dermatologist visit. As a practicing dermatologist, I think this is a super useful topic because I see multiple patients a day that come in for the same problem, but their visits can go significantly different depending on how prepared the person is for their appointment. Preparedness comes in many different forms. There's having a good history of what has been going on. There's knowing exactly what you're there for. There's being in a good mindset to listen. And you got to make sure you're ready to absorb that advice and recommendations. Yes, exactly. So maybe we should break the conversation down that way. All right, Dr. Love. So what's the first thing a person should know when coming to a dermatology appointment? I think one of the biggest points of confusion for patients recently has been when going to see a dermatologist is understanding that there's a difference between medical concerns and cosmetic concerns. You can have only medical concerns, you can have only cosmetic concerns, or you can have both, but it's important to understand that these are typically handled differently. How so are they handled differently? So medical concerns are typically covered to a variable extent by a person's medical insurance. Because of the way medical insurance is structured, this means that you usually pay a copay or nothing at the time of the appointment, and then your insurance lets you know how much of the visit you're financially responsible for afterwards. And this can be one to three months after your appointment. On the other hand, cosmetic concerns are not covered by insurance, which means that you usually pay some set out-of-pocket fee at the time of the discussion. All right, Dr. Love, can you give us an example of that? Oh, yes, because it's very confusing. So let's say you come into my office because you heard our amazing Botox episode and you're interested in Botox. Emphasis on the amazing. (laughs) (laughs) If that's the only reason you're at the appointment, then that's just a cosmetic consult. And so there's a cosmetic consultation fee that is applied to your procedure. So if you plan to have the treatment on the same day, you only pay for the treatment. But if you want to have the consultation that day and come back for Botox, then you may pay a small fee just for the conversation, and then that would go towards your treatment. Now, on the other hand, let's say that you want to have your acne evaluated. You've never seen a dermatologist for it. It's been going on for several months, and you want to talk about Botox. Even though you're talking to the same person during your visit, these are technically two different visits on the back end. The evaluation and management of your acne will be billed to your insurance, while the cosmetic consult will be billed directly to you as a cosmetic fee. That's so interesting. I never really thought of it that way. I guess I'm just more concerned with the Botox appointments personally. (laughs) I know. It's one of those things, especially with social media, because germs are talking about everything all at once. It's not a very intuitive thing. The easy way that I think to think about it is that your insurance doesn't really care if you look prettier than your friends or if you develop wrinkles later in life. So if that's kind of like the concern, then that usually falls more in the cosmetic category. Okay, so since we're speaking of insurance, if something is medical, that means it's covered by the insurance? It means it should be covered by insurance, but what covered by insurance means is different for everyone, which is a really good point. It's helpful to familiarize yourself with your deductible, co-insurance, copay before coming to your appointment. 
Unfortunately, there's no way for us to tell you how much any given service will ultimately be for you. And that's because each employer has negotiated a specific deal with your insurance carrier. It also depends on how much you've paid out of pocket already. So if you break your ankle and you have to have surgery or multiple ortho visits and imaging and then come to the dermatologist, your dermatologist bill will be less for the exact same service than if you came in on January 1st. And the dermatologist is your very first touch point with the healthcare system. Insurance can be so confusing. <laughs> I know. Maybe we need to have an entire episode on that. If anyone wants to hear that, let us know in the reviews. I definitely, that would be very helpful. Okay, we'll do it. <laughs> so, to sum up the first point, although a dermatologist can handle both medical and cosmetic concerns, your insurance will only cover the medical concerns. So, sorry, no Botox. <laughs> um, Conversations regarding things like acne, eczema, rosacea will be covered by insurance. And then the conversations about anti-aging skincare, that Botox, peels, etc. may require a cosmetic consult that is typically applied to the cost of the treatment. That's correct. And of course, there are going to be some offices that are going to waive consult fees. But the reality is that everyone wants to talk about Botox. So if I spent all day talking to people about Botox for free, I literally would work for free. <laughs> <laughs> but there are some cases where, okay, Botox you could use for medically, like hyper. And exactly. Yeah. If we've been treating your sweating and then we're doing Botox for your sweating, then exactly. That can go under medical. Although I will admit it takes so much time with the insurance that sometimes people won't even do it through insurance. But it's always just helpful to know, and then that way you can ask ahead of time and you can feel prepared for when you come in. And if you want to feel even more prepared, that's why we're so lucky that episode six is the free Botox consultation <laughs> exactly. from Dr. Love. So tune in if you haven't listened to season one. All right. So what else do we need to know before this dermatologist appointment happens? So I would say very simply what you're coming into the office for. Sometimes patients come in with very vague questions like, I'm here just to make sure my skin is okay. And that can be confusing for everyone involved. I mentioned in the esthetician versus dermatologist episode that derms are problem solvers. So you have to come in with a little bit more of an explanation of what you have going on. So if you're coming in because you want to make sure your skin's okay, are you coming in to review your skincare routine because you want to make sure it's the right routine for you? Are you coming in for a skin cancer screening? Are you coming in to start a comprehensive anti-aging routine? Are you coming in to discuss starting preventative cosmetic treatments? Those are all completely different conversations. And often we assume that you want one and you want the other. And that's where disappointments and confusion can happen. The other thing to keep in mind is that as dermatologists, we are at work. I know that may sound silly, but I think there is like such a general fascination with skin and modern culture that sometimes people just want to have these like very vague conversations about skin. And so you should approach your dermatologist time with the same respect that you approach a lawyer or a financial advisor, just being mindful about why you're there and what you're looking to get out of the appointment. I know some derms are like, particularly booked. I've heard someone having like 60 appointments in a day. I'm like, I don't know how you do that. Like that's oh, a lot of patients. That's a lot of patients. I know. I don't see that many patients. I block out a lot of times for patients, but you want to maximize the time that you have. Okay. So it's very important to have an idea of what you want before the visit so you can address it during the visit and maximize that time with the experts since 
it is a very vital thing, that idea of time. And that gets us to that topic. So let's talk about it. What about time? So time gets tricky because every office and every provider schedules visits very differently. I have a set amount of time for new patients, routine skin exams, follow-up patients, cosmetic patients. In addition, each cosmetic procedure is scheduled for a different amount of time based on how much time it typically takes me to do that procedure. How much time I block for each of these scenarios is different than how much time my colleagues block. And that has to do with, we just have very different practice styles. We feel very differently about running late. It takes us different amount of time to do different procedures. And we also have a different likelihood of no-show rates with patients. So people who have a lot of patients who don't show up tend to book patients more back-to-back, whereas my patients, for the most part, tend to show up. And so my schedule is pretty reflective of what happens during the day. In general, it's important for new patients to manage their expectations. So if you come into the office with a list of 10 things that you absolutely need to have addressed, that means we're going to spend one to two minutes on each of those points. And you're probably going to walk out overwhelmed with the amount of information, the amount of handouts, and the amount of prescriptions that were sent to you. On the other hand, if you have one to three smaller complaints or one major complaint, you're more likely to have your questions thoroughly answered and feel satisfied with the visit. Keep in mind, what seems minor to you may not actually be minor. (laughs) For example, many people consider acne or hair loss to be minor complaints, but for most people, they actually require an extensive history. Of course, there are cases where acne or hair loss is super simple and we just give you a prescription, but typically these initially require their own visit. Of course, as you become an established patient on treatment, you can address more things in one visit, but I think that idea of, I see people and they're like, oh, I've never seen a dermatologist, I'm so excited to be here, and they think that they're going to have all of their problems solved within that first visit. It's just not possible. It would be like going to the gym, you're not going to go to the gym and walk out a soup like a, yeah, a bodybuilder. Exactly. <laughs> like it takes time for lots of things in life and this senior dermatologist and correcting skin concerns also takes time. So how does someone maximize that time that they have scheduled with you? Okay, so I actually polled my patients on this also. So here are a few pointers to maximize your time with the physician. Number one is do your new patient paperwork ahead of time. It completely throws off the schedule when new patients arrive at the time of the appointment and they haven't done their paperwork. So just for your reference, you're not functionally at your appointment until you've completed all of your paperwork. So even if you're on time, but it takes you 30 minutes to do your appointment, then you've technically probably already missed your appointment. And remember with germs, Visits are very different amounts of time. So it may be that now there's two 45-minute appointments scheduled after you, and it can get really complicated trying to figure out how to fit in late patients. Number two, if you have high-quality photos, and I put emphasis on high-quality, then you want to save them in a specific photo album that you can quickly reference if the condition is something that's coming and going. You definitely want to take photos. There are definitely some people who are like, let me find this photo, and they're scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. I'm like, 
I can actually just look at your skin. <laughs> like, but if it's something that comes and goes, definitely take photos, but make sure that you can access those photos very quickly. And then if you're coming in for a skincare console or a skin condition like eczema, rosacea, or acne, it's very helpful to take a photo of your skincare routine and save it somewhere, again, where it's easily accessible. Because that way we can cater your routine, decide what products to keep, what products not to keep. I know you think that you know it all, but people, once they're sitting in front of the germ, they like cannot think of the name of any of the products that they're using. If you take a photo of the back of the products, that's even more helpful because then we have the ingredient list if we're trying to figure out if there's something in it that's possibly irritating you. That even happens to me sometimes. People are like, what's your favorite yeah. moisturizer right now? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's on my bathroom vanity? Like, I don't remember. So it's yeah. super common. Exactly. It's like, you know it until someone directly asks you the question. If the problem has been going on for a while, before your appointment, just open your notes folder and just jot down when it started and then if there are any products, food, or lifestyle changes that you feel have made it better or worse. I think sometimes people, when they come into the appointment, these are details that you know but aren't at the top of your head. And so sometimes people can feel a little frustrated with themselves because they're like, oh, I wish I brought up this during the appointment or I wish that I told them that. So that can just help you feel more confident that like you are telling them everything that you want to make sure that they know. Don't wear makeup for skin exams or if you're having something evaluated on your face. And if you're coming from work, then obviously you might have makeup on. Just let them know and that way you can quickly remove it. Photos really don't do justice. This is the same for hair. Like if you have something on your face that you want to have evaluated, it's best to schedule your appointment at a time where you can come without makeup. And then if you have something going on on the scalp, it's best to come at a time where you can have the scalp fully evaluated versus like it's 9 a.m. and you're on the way to work and you have a really big meeting and you don't have time to do your makeup afterwards. That makes a lot of sense. So don't go with a fresh blowout if you're like ready to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like if you're like, don't touch my done. hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're looking to have multiple things done in one visit, say you want to have filler and a routine appointment, completely fine. Just call ahead just to make sure the staff knows so that they block out enough time. Sometimes people will try to get on the schedule and then they'll try to like throw all these things out and it just stresses everyone out. Like it's easier if you can just be honest. People will fit you in as much as possible. And then the last thing is you have to understand, and I think this can be the hardest one, is do you need to write things down? And I think that that's variable for different people. I definitely write down, like for acne visits, I write down routines, I write down anything that's necessary. But I see this a lot in younger patients where they'll literally message me the next day and be like, I forgot what Dr. Love said. Can you ask her? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and that Get it together. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're prone to forgetting things, then just like jot down some quick notes while you're in the appointment, something that's going to help jog your memory. If you're someone who tends to remember, you don't have to like come with pencil and pad, but just know yourself and know if you're one of those people where you're like, oh, this makes complete sense. And then as soon as you walk out of the room, you're like, oh, I don't remember anything that they said. Like, which product am I supposed yeah, to get rid of? I don't exactly. remember. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that was a lot of information, that but I'm sure lot. there's some other 
pearls or diamonds or don't people like call little nuggets of wisdom pearls, which I think is so they cute. They are pearls. I like, like diamonds. I like diamonds <laughs> or like gold bracelets. If anyone's listening, I like a diamond tennis bracelet. But are there any other pearls you'd like to share with us about the dermatology appointment? Okay, these are going to be the last ones, guys. So try to remove your nail polish or any false nails before your routine skin exam. If you can't remember, then it's fine. And then ask your parents ahead of time if you have any family history of skin cancer. We kind of touched on this, but don't wear braids or extensions. If you're doing like a hair loss evaluation, you want to make sure that even if there's only a small area where you feel like you have hair loss, we still want to be able to examine the entire scalp to compare. And then the last one is the more you tell the MA, the more efficient your appointment will be. Obviously, the medical assistant will come in first and they'll be like, why are you here? And a lot of times people won't. I think people just don't want to repeat themselves. And so they only say one thing that they're there for, but they're there for four things. But essentially what happens is the medical assistant then comes and presents why you're there to me. And that allows me to think about how we want to like go about the visit, how we want to organize it, how we want to most usefully use time. Whereas if you don't tell me all of those reasons, then we end up doing this visit that I think is super efficient. And then at the back end, you're like, oh, and also this, this, and this. And then those last complaints end up not fully getting addressed in the way that you would like. So definitely talk to the MA. Don't be bashful. And have the appointment go smoothly. That was very helpful, Dr. Love. I feel like there was lots of amazing information in this episode. Everyone knows I've been to a dermatologist because I'm skin obsessed. But for anyone listening, hopefully this helped clear any confusion with your visit and best ways to approach it. I think the two biggest takeaways are, one, there's a difference between cosmetic and medical concerns. So although they can be handled at the same time in the same visit, you have to let the staff know ahead of time because on their back end, it's segmented as two different visits. And it's important to understand how that differs from a financial perspective. And then two, the more prepared you are for the visit, the more you'll get out of that time. So ways to be prepared include having quick reference photos about the skincare products that you use and other reference photos of your face in the past, making sure the area of concern is easily accessible and not camouflaged with makeup or hair care, and then limiting the number of concerns that you address in a single appointment because at the end of the day, it's only so long and you can only adequately speak to so many concerns with the dermatologist in that time. And I think those are the two biggest takeaways. So thank you, Dr. Love, for your pearls, or as I like to call them, diamond tennis bracelets. <laughs> and yeah, I can't wait for our next episode. All right. Thank you, guys. I hope that was very helpful for you. Thank you for spending time with us today. Please leave us a review if this topic helped you feel smarter, calmer, and more confident about your beauty decisions. You can engage with us more personally on Instagram. See you next episode.